0: This is the Oil & Gas Startups Podcast, where we showcase emerging technology and the stories of industry founders, investors, and leaders with your hosts, Jake Corley and Colin McClelland.
1: What's going on, Digital Wildcatters? Welcome to another week of Oil & Gas Startups. Got my friends Hugo and Philip from Q2 Technologies in the house today. What's going on, guys?
0: Howdy,
2: okay. good,
1: good. So we, uh, I got Hugo uh, was uh, late today. I'm gonna shame him on the on the show. <laughs> Just forty minutes. <laughs> Just 40. <laughs> Just, which that's that's fair in yeah, Houston, right? That happens. Uh, so me and Philip got to talk a lot, um, and we'll dive into uh, your background a little bit, Philip. But why don't you guys tell me real quick, uh, mm-hmm. high level, what is Q2 Technologies?
2: Sure. So uh, we're a chemical technology company uh focused in h2s and captain removal from a variety of industries uh oil and gas uh, pulp and paper industry wastewater treatment biogas and landfill gas uh we've been around since uh, 2001 but uh, through that time period up until now the company's transformed itself several times both in the chemical technology that's used to treat those molecules and also in the way the the company operates and the, the customer base that we've had. Yeah. So we, we've been evolving from working with uh, wholesale distributors to end users and, and then more and more on the automation space and uh, improving with sensors and analyzers.
1: You said something space. that piqued my interest, pulp and paper uh, yes. industries. Like I don't get to talk about that ever yeah. on this, <laughs> so, of uh, elaborate on that a little bit. So
2: anywhere that H2S is, is present. So that, the pulping, that's what is, yeah. is there H2S yeah, in some paper processes? So, so he's got some background in the wood industry. I that's guess. right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but it, when you make paper, the pulping process, uh, there is a stage where basically it ferments and generates H2S as part oh, of it. That's fascinating. I didn't and, know that. Uh, and number one, it's dangerous if you're exposed to it. And number two, it can be corrosive to the the process yeah. equipment. Yeah. And then once the, the water from that process goes to lagoons outside of the plants, you get H2S being released, so that needs to be treated. That's wet. crazy. I don't yeah. know if you ever smelled it, but it's stinky. Oh, no, I mean, yeah, look, I used
1: to, so, the first wells i started drilling in west texas were sour wells yep. okay, and there you go. but it's funny because i didn't even at that time didn't even know that there was monitoring equipment for h2s mm-hmm. didn't know that yeah. you could yeah. have you know personal yeah. monitors right you don't writers. want it going on we just thought no <laughs> it was just rotten eggs and that was just like mm-hmm. it was normal for right. us and so i remember one time we had this substitute driller and he came on our rig and he smelled it he's like holy shoot we got an h2s and like <laughs> I Knew no better, you know. I'm yeah. like, what are you freaking out about, yeah. man? That's that's
0: normal yeah, this here, is normal, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Smell of money, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so,
1: I'm very familiar with H2S. Um, just had no idea that uh, it was experienced yeah. in uh, other industries oh, like yeah. Uh, yeah. paper and the timber industry. That's it, it, is.
0: I mean, if you drive through, call it you know, Arkansas and places like that where it's heavy, Georgia. you know, or yeah, Georgia, well, really all the south, right? Where yeah, they're, where they're producing this stuff. I mean, you chop that that wood up and turn it into pulp, it, it's going to off-gas that.
1: Jesus. Yeah. All right. I got something yeah. to go uh, look <laughs> yeah, into. I learn something, <laughs> something new every day. Yeah. Um, that's why I do this show. That way I can learn like right. yeah. new shit. Yeah. <laughs> same
2: like in the oil and gas industry, you get neighbors that smell it, and obviously you don't want a house smelling that 24-7. So yeah. there's an incentive for the companies that have H2S in their processes to fix it
1: yeah so from a uh, chemical perspective, you know there's several different ways uh, to uh, treat H2s. You have some mechanical technologies and then chemical uh, technologies right. um, which you know I've, I've run some H2s inhibitors and okay. things like that um, you know down our drill pipe wall drilling drilling rigs so uh, talk to me about that a little bit you know what? You know, I'm always kind of fascinated when we have chemical companies on the show because at times it can seem like chemicals are a commodity, right? That yeah, is mm-hmm. commoditized. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I never even know the right questions to ask on these shows. Like, is there something that differentiates sure. um, Q Technologies, chemicals from other chemical companies? Um, you know, sometimes it's just... We've had others on the show and it's like, hey, yeah, we came from a reservoir engineering background and we saw the problems that, that mm-hmm. we had and yeah. we knew that we can make a better, yeah. you know, chemical right. uh, solution for it. So um, talk to me about that a little bit. What so sets, what I'll, sets I'll, you guys apart? Yeah. Is the so I'll give you
2: some background in the H2S scavenger history. So the first H2S scavengers used that I know of, call it in the 80s, 70s, was actually formaldehyde, which is toxic. And also A means <laughs> like monoethanol meaning in the gas processing plants, which is a reversible process. And then in the, the late eighties, uh when formaldehyde was being banned as a as an H2S scavenger, uh our former partners called the Quaker Chemical developed what's known as triazine, which is a commodity now, but triazine is actually the combination of formaldehyde with monoethanolamine which creates triazine and that became what's used worldwide today to create uh, not only oil but also gas in a variety of industries. And the, the company Q2, was, Q2 Technologies was founded to monetize that IP in the environmental side. Mm-hmm. The IP for the energy space was sold to Petrolite, later became Baker Petrolite. And uh, when those patents expired, that basically, that technology triazine or MEA triazine basically became a commodity and it's Mm -hmm. still used worldwide. And there is massive plants producing it. We produce it, but it really became uh, a commodity. And uh, as uh, refiners, specifically doing the crude oil, uh, started noticing that there was corrosion and fouling attributed to the use of amine-based scavengers, yeah. So a push for non-aiming, non-trizing technologies started happening. And that's when we started focusing on these new non-aiming, non-trizing technologies and started launching these in previously pricing based applications. So how that happened was uh you had oil traders in the Gulf Coast that were selling oil not only to the local refiners but also overseas and the contracts that these traders had said if we find any amines in this oil you're gonna be getting deducts on that uh, on that contract so obviously the traders wanted to find alternative technologies <clears throat> and and we found a good uh niche in that uh, trend. yeah and actually shot ourselves in the foot in a way and started switching our own technology that our former span, our former partners developed and started launching this new, new technology and, and new applications. And from there, it eventually made all the way uh, upstream to wellhead use as uh, pipelines started implementing new specs uh, yeah. and, and yeah. sort of snowballed from there. Yeah,
1: I appreciate I'm, you giving us some context on the history of, you know, the evolution of, uh, H2S scavengers. That was, yeah. uh, that is pretty fascinating.
0: And, and all of that was concurrent with contracts, like commercial contracts, the pipeline contracts that were stipulating these, you know, more yeah. stringent or captain specs, which is a sulfur node on a hydrocarbon string, Um, and, and the H2S spec. Right. And so like, you know, you can't be under, you call it 100 parts. Yeah. And there's 100 parts in the vapor phase or by weight And so it's kind of thinking about like, you know, if it, you got a can of coke, right? And you got CO2 in it. When it off-gasses, that headspace is the vapor, you know. So ppm by vapor. Mm-hmm. But if you measure it in the liquid or by mass, that's the weight here. And so that's why there's kind of and they and they're not apples to apples, right? And yeah. so <laughs> you know, you you get you get certain uh, contracts that, um, you know, they, they stipulate it one way and you kind of have to run the tests that, that manage that. So it's Yeah, a, I was going to say it's that's pretty
1: um, interesting to hear that, you know, the traders, they're getting a discount at market on a barrel of crude or whatever product yeah, it may right, be because right. it's got traces of uh, trizine.
2: Trizine or yeah. any
1: means. Yeah.
2: Or H2S, so it's both sides. So Yeah. If they don't treat it, they're gonna get hit by not meeting the H2S for the more captain's spec that the oil has. And if they treat it with the wrong chemistry, they may also get hit. So it's it's twofold. And the whole H2S treating space in oil has really changed since, call it the early 2000s, when the US was importing a lot of heavy crude from Saudi Arabia and Venezuela, which has high levels of H2S. Mm -hmm. That oil needed to be treated as it was being offloaded from the vessels into the refineries, um, more on the health and safety side, because if you get exposed, you can die. That'll kill you. Yeah. yeah. And But,
0: but I mean, our refiners in the U.S. were tuned for a heavy crude. Exactly. They because, were tuned, right? Yeah. I mean, because a heavy crude, you can get more widgets out of it. Right? Yeah. yeah. So they were yeah.
2: treating the crude... For a safety reason, right. not because their refineries could not handle the high h Oh, H2S. really? So it was right. more just yeah. safety protocol yeah. that they are yep.
1: treating it, not because of quality of the crude.
2: Yeah, exactly. And then fast forward to, I forget if it was 2014 or 2015, is, when yeah. the Obama administration lifted the- Yeah, 2014, I, 14, I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. think it was December 2014 when the U.S. was allowed to export oil. That changed the market because then you had H2S barrels Originating from the U.S., going to overseas markets, and a lot of the uh, international refiners were not as sophisticated in the terms of the oil that they could process, right. and they wanted low levels of H2S and low levels of mercaptans, not only because of safety, because of the processing mm-hmm. differences mm-hmm. of treating, of processing that type of and that was oil. on
0: both sides. I mean, those were UK refiners, and then and call it you know Korean and you know other. Eastern refiners. I mean, it was literally where our crude was going. You were having to meet this spec and it was like all of a sudden. And that's when the trader, that's when we started talking to the traders more. Yeah. Right. And, um, and so, yeah, we just, they needed something that, that didn't have that, uh, you know, triazine or amine based compound in there. So
1: Yeah. I mean, you think about how much opportunity was probably opened up with shale because Uh now (laughs) at that point, okay. We can export um we have the resources to export and now right. we have you know legislation to export right and then you don't like you know me upstream i was drilling wells and completing yeah. wells at that time you know well, I'm not, i don't give a shit where the oil is going yeah. you know i'm out right. there punching right. the holes ground. Yeah. but you know for <laughs> yeah. uh, chemical companies you guys are like okay now we're exporting what does that mean for um treating h2s so it's
2: yeah and then you had all the production in west texas new mexico but without the pipelines, he had nowhere to go. So you had that huge growth in pipeline infrastructure. Yeah. Millions of barrels a day that needed to flow to Houston or, or Corpus. And that all got built. But it got built. But the H2S and quality parameters specific to that oil were not there yet. So the traders in the coast were getting barrels that might have been blended with a ton of different crudes and different right. qualities. So, so that led to the pipeline companies actually implementing new quality parameters on that oil that did not exist prior years to ago that, yeah. Because they had to control that quality so that the international markets were happy with the oil that they were yeah. Receiving.
0: And and ultimately, that was best for everybody, right? Because it it increased the value of that barrel, right? And 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 you could say that there was, you know. Not the contaminant in there; it's been treated, or it's been blended out, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah.
2: And looking at your your bar over there, and there, there's there's a there's a good analogy yeah. about a single malt whiskey versus a blended whiskey. Yeah. So the what I would call a single malt barrel of oil would be a WTI barrel coming from West Texas that has not been blended with call it either condensate or heavy oil to meet the API gravity, the sulfur, the tan, whatever. It's actually coming out of the ground, meeting those specs already, and it's going to an international market without going through a whole lot of blending. Whereas in Oklahoma, for example, you may make a WTI barrel, but that's made by using heavy crude, condensate, and whatever else. Mm -hmm. It meets on paper a WTI barrel spec but it won't refine like a WTI barrel actually coming from mm-hmm. west Texas and that's where the refiners overseas were starting to put pressure on the traders and the midstream companies that were sending all this oil and wanted they wanted to know what type of oil yeah they what do you make. actually oh yeah what they wanted actually, single mom, the physical, not a single model blended yeah. yeah what's the
1: physical product I mean it was hair coming. on
0: fire stuff I mean because you know if you meet if you don't if you don't meet spec at the dock you know you're going to get tagged with a huge demerge, you know, charge, yeah. or or even just a deduct on that barrel. Yeah, because delaying I mean,
2: uh, an AFROMAX is going to be, I don't know, 50,000 barrels a day of just yeah. sitting there, yeah. not counting storage at the dock for right. tanks and so on. Yeah. So yeah. the traders, did not want surprises at the dock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. And our buyers did not want a, a, a surprise at their dock either, when they received uh, it in In the oil and Korea. gas business,
1: surprises cost a lot of money, right? <laughs> so you try to mitigate yeah. the amount of surprises.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah so in, in uh, 2019, 2020, that's when we really started seeing the mainstream companies tightening yep. the screws and implementing new specs on the tariffs that the, uh, the shippers had on yeah. their systems
1: so tell me a little bit about uh y'all's personal backgrounds uh, Philip you and I had got to talk and uh yeah. we, we bonded over Philip's experience at Hess and I've uh, worked on some Hess assets uh so we'll get to that here in a minute uh Hugo you're from Mexico uh
2: Monterrey Mexico I moved to the U.S out of high school I went to school uh, college at the uh, Notre Dame for chemical engineering. Oh, okay, cool. And then- uh, Man,
1: that makes two people I know in oil and gas, not from Notre Dame. <laughs> small, small yeah. bunch. I may know all of you here soon, yeah. <laughs> five of y'all.
2: <laughs> so my first job out of school was actually in the paints and coatings industry in uh, Pittsburgh. Okay. And then in 2014, I moved to, to Houston and switched gears and got into uh, the energy okay
1: so you got an oil and gas in 2014 yeah the um, high of
2: the high yeah Fast forward like, what am i doing here
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah i was gonna say that's a pretty, to it. It was a pretty it's a pretty pivotal yeah. uh moment in uh, shell u.s shells history <laughs> and then philip uh you were m&a over yeah. at uh hess
0: yeah i was at hess for a number of years great uh great experience um and uh, and got to see a lot of, you know, kind of the unconventionals was what we were focusing on our group. And uh, and really uh, North Dakota was kind of the big, big push for us. And and through looking at a lot of deals, you know, I guess, you know, you just you hang out with the geologists and the you know all the engineers. And, um, you know, we started understanding more. And that's really where my background on like H2S started, because. There's a lot of pockets in North Dakota that have, you know, in the kitchen rock, if you will, uh, have uh, have a sour barrel in it, right? Mm-hmm. You know,
2: that's where we met, actually. It yeah.
0: is, yeah. Yeah, so.
1: That's, yeah, tell me about that.
0: Yeah, so um, I left Hess in towards the end of 16 and joined a, a midstream company that had an asset up in outside of Watford City. And uh, uh, on about the first week, uh, the rig count dropped to – zero. And I was like, well, this is no fun. Um, and, uh, and so we were trying to figure out what to do. And, and we had, we had a really good facility, a truck facility that we had just gotten into Dapple. Dapple had just come online and, uh, and we were there at Watford city. Um, and so we were, we had a direct line into that. And, uh, and so we, uh, started taking barrels that were sour. Um, and we had a really strong marketing team and they were buying these barrels at like minus $26 $26 off of what a standard Bakken barrel was. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were trying to treat it mechanically. You, you mentioned mechanics uh, as as part of a, a way to treat, you know, and, and, and it, it works, but it's kind of small batch brew, right. And it just takes a lot of effort and, and there's just a lot of manual process with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I was always thinking about the OPEX um, and, um, and really trying to help on the loe you know the opex for the producer right the just understanding how we can help this situation um and so so
1: loe lease operating expenses operating for may not know yeah. yeah
0: and then operating expense for mm-hmm. you know opex kind of the same concept yeah but,
1: essentially all the costs for an oil and gas yeah, exactly operator, you're yeah. thinking about depending you if you're a midstream down. or yep. a producer right yeah
0: um and so just kind of keeping that you know and i guess maybe all that compared to the capex or the capitals mm-hmm. right um and, and trying to trying to keep all of that kind of as low as possible. I know you guys are really big into the whole, you know, zero concept, and that kind of plays into it, right? Yeah. Um, but um yeah, so we were just looking at at, at ways to to mitigate some of those costs, right? I mean, the mechanical piece was was kind of expensive and and there was a lot of loss. I mean, what it was doing was for nitrogen bubbling up through the crude. And then that would go up the flare stack and off-gas as, a, as a, uh, a sulfur, you know, flare, mm-hmm. basically. Um, and uh, it was stinky and you know, looked like a flamethrower. <laughs> yeah.
2: You're losing like 10% of It was like, barrel. yeah, 10% of the barrel was That's the main large. problem. Yeah, 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 like, exactly. you're losing, yeah, your, you're yeah, losing yeah. your product. Yeah, it was an yeah. expensive flamethrower. <laughs> That's what
1: I always tell uh, people outside of oil and gas when they bring up uh, uh, flares right. and uh, mitigation around uh, flares. I'm always like, look, Oil and gas companies are incentivized not to flare because right. you're losing your product. Mm-hmm. Like that's it. Yeah, a-
0: yeah, it was it was it was a money. terrible yeah. loss. And and so like and I had the ability to, you know, fix the problem, right? Yeah. And so that's when Hugo reached out and it just made a lot of sense. And and so we were able to treat those same barrels that we were buying at like minus twenty-five dollars, twenty-six dollars, something like that. And uh and it was a quote unquote sweet barrel that yeah. we were able to safely produce and push through into Dapple. And, so and you everybody. were a client
1: of Hugos? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's yeah. pretty yeah. cool. So, and then Hugo and and <laughs> stole them. <laughs> and then, yeah, and
0: then he, yeah, and so, and then we joined forces. <laughs> uh, just, I mean, it was like inherent, like in that I understood like the, this product works, right? And it's it's a safe way to treat the H2S in that triazine can encapsulate the molecule of H2S, right? And And so like it actually doesn't break out um okay well or, I'm sorry it can break out
1: let's dive into yeah. this a little bit how trizine uh works sure. I mean explain it to me like someone like yeah dude I just dumped it down <laughs> drill pipe you know like yeah yeah actually exactly know, and that's actually and happens how, all the time I didn't actually know how it worked right um so these more traditional um h2s scavengers how do they actually work
2: so the the trizine, imagine uh hexagon so it's a cyclic ring would have, that, has- that makes sense. That makes sense for Just got has- on the label and have hexagons on it. Okay. <laughs> yes, it's, it's a hexagon with the uh, three legs. Yeah. Popping out. Try by- three. Yeah. We, we're still yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and those three legs are the, the parts that actually react with the h 2s Okay. So VH2S will basically go into one of the legs and and that leg will break out. And that what breaks out is actually the monoethanol amine, which is what causes the corrosion at the refineries. Mm-hmm. So so that's the whole issue behind yeah. the amine based scavengers, that when that ring loses that leg, that amine makes its way up to the distillation column. Okay. And you get the hitting in those units which is very expensive same issue in our drill pipe i mean we'd
1: always have wash drill pipe because of h2s
0: uh, corroding our drill pipe. yeah i mean it gets in those nooks and crannies of you know the the steel and yeah yeah yeah
1: Yeah, i mean it forces its way into it does
0: yeah and then and then erosion happens right
1: and yeah yeah Yeah. so that's interesting I'm glad yeah. that you're able to answer but those hopefully questions. Not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting you on the Without spot questions. It. Yeah. No, that's it's, right. it's, This is Explain what we do. to yeah. like I'm yeah. a, I'm a yeah. dumbass, but it's so funny that you're like uh, explaining what the actual molecule looks like because I remember, you know, we'd, yeah. have, these, uh, uh, we'd have these drums. Yeah, it'd be a hexagon with like the three legs yeah, out yeah. of it and that's what it was on the label, yeah. so
0: but i mean our our product that we we have a non aiming non-triazine product um and and it does it does things a little differently if you think of h2s as a wishbone structure where you have the the sulfur and then the hydrogens that break off and that's literally how that looks uh it is literally breaking that apart and it's turning it into a sulfate which is like a salt uh and the the water then is it's Breaks off into the water, so it falls off into the BSW. And so, when we think about, you know, the 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 tank, right? What does got BSW mean? A basic water and sediment. Okay. For basic sediment and water. Yeah. yeah. Basic sediment. <laughs> water. When the oil comes out, yes. Sit there and think about yeah, it when yeah, I'm yeah. asking. I know. I always say BSW, but it is it is the water and all the heavy like sand. metals and sand and you know. I mean, you guys, when you were throwing stuff down, uh, down the pipe. I yeah. mean, You know. Con shells, right? You know, yeah. sometimes you see leather and yeah, hard nice. hat can get sucked down there. Sometimes, no, I mean, you know, yeah. no, you're, all kinds of nasty yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah, I mean,
1: you're literally running different types of LCMS, which sure. are just types yeah. of nuts, and yeah. paper, and paper, yeah. yeah, things like that. So and all
0: then, that stuff that's not oil, yeah, right, or water. I mean, it it, it does settle out, and, yeah, and that's the concept there. And so what what we're able to do is 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 drop that that piece that's that sulfate into the BS and W. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And and that's that's unique in that when we treat a sour barrel, it is not going to if you add temperature or pressure, it's not going to turn back into H2S. I mean, it is chemically rendered, which yeah. means that it is it has had a chemical reaction. Yeah. You've, broke, you broke, broken, you've broken broken the molecule else. down yeah. into something yeah. into yeah. something you, else, right? You've, so. you've struck that match and that match head can never be, you know, yeah. lit again, right? Yeah. So it it is yeah. So that that's why when this, when Hugo approached me with this in North Dakota, I mean, I was like, "Wow, this is this is great. This is this is what and I'm looking scalable. for." It is scalable. When we first talked, you you were loading Aframaxes down in Corpus and the Port yeah. of Houston, and I was like, "Well, why are you coming back up to the wellhead or <laughs> to the you know to my you know truck facility up in North Dakota?" And it's like, because it works all the way up, literally up to the wellhead, like up to, like the, wellhead, up to yeah. the you know central tank battery. Yeah, we
2: started. Have the dogs and scaled down, but right that gives you a, a good idea of how scalable it is. You can yeah. go from wellhead to ship.
0: All the way to where it's shipping. Yeah. 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 So we were we were mixing this stuff into the crude and like not small batch brew anymore. I mean, I was slipstreaming it in. There was really good contact and churn and having that reaction going on when those trucks were offloading and it went down the pipeline. And you know, we were doing a ton of tests to make sure. Um, and there's a lot of well there's there's actually two really good tests. So there's I'm going to throw some numbers out. There's right. ASTM 5705. Okay. And then UOP 163. Yeah. These are, are standardized These are standardized. standardized tests. Yeah. yeah. They do kind of different things, uh, but they're looking for H2S and in the UOP 163, that's looking for mercaptans and H2S. Um and so it, and they kind of look at it in different ways. It, yeah. In the vapor phase and in the uh, byway, so okay. liquid phase. Um so you know, there's um uh we were we were meeting the mark there. And so then I had this treated barrel that was going down the line and it was, you know, sunshine and rainbows, right? So everybody yeah. was happy.
2: Yeah, yeah, and the whole pitch there was that we were trying to increase the value of that barrel because that barrel, if it didn't yeah. get into Dapple, it was gonna get trucked to Canada. <laughs> so it was not only getting a D Dog because of the heights was locally, it was also having to get Trucked to Canada for four or five dollars a barrel. Yep. Yeah. And that being sold at a Canadian price or being bought at yeah. A Canadian so you're just price. yeah that Western Canadian margin. Select
0: that yeah. that was a deduct of a Bakken barrel. So they were yeah. trying to blend that back into it. Was just this weird. Yeah. You know that, that's yeah. how these markets can that's, go sometimes. But yeah.
1: That's also really interesting to think about, too. I mean, obviously, you know, Keystone Pipeline, huge issue. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of people don't realize that, hey, when you don't have the pipeline, you got to truck it. That's right. And then mm-hmm. guess what? It becomes a more expensive barrel because shipping costs are, are going up. or know, more MPs. trucks
2: on the road. I mean, there's yeah, a, a lot of danger. More dangerous, <laughs> yeah, <too>. yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 It, it, is it really that, is. That's yeah. a
1: whole, yeah. So yeah. We, we go yeah. on that rant all the time. It's just more dangerous than putting it into a pipeline. Yeah. Um, but, you know, thinking about the... Uh, Either the, the premium or the discount that you're getting on a barrel because it doesn't meet, um, a, a certain grade or quality, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And then treating the, the one question I have, you know, talking on economics and, uh, Philip, you know, you said you spend a lot of time on OPEX of oil and gas operations, but, um, this is my low level understanding of chemical treating uh, for H2S uh, specifically. But one problem with scavengers was always, you know, it's variable cost. And, mm-hmm. you know, right. it, it's just it's ramping up and it becomes expensive. And, you know, there's a threshold of where it's just uneconomic, um, you know, with y'all's technology and the pricing around that. I means there's still like a sweet spot of where it becomes uneconomic um, for uh, treatment or right. what? what does that look like?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, kind of going back, I'll just kind of. Kind of give a longer explanation of it a little bit but like triazine as hugo mentioned is a commodity at this point or yeah a, a near commodity right um there so that can actually have some swings and when we had the freeze here back in february of 21 um a lot of the manufacturing locations along the gulf coast uh, which make triazine uh they all in the raw material And the raw material for, yeah yeah they 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 went offline, right? I mean, like everybody else. Didn't Man, that, it, it was it this was,
1: industry is so fucking complex. Yeah, like is. you just think <laughs> about that, like yeah, I, know, I mean, yeah. freeze happens, yeah. and then yeah, you can't you can't make trizing. So yeah. to give yeah. you
2: an idea, in uh, call it January twenty twenty, yeah. February twenty twenty, yeah, trizing forty percent concentration was
0: which is standard field concentration yeah,
2: was like fifty cents per pound in bulk, right? And then. You get the freeze, and then you had the hurricanes hit the Louisiana and that area in August or September. Yeah. So that put the same raw material plants offline. You got that same pricing go up to a dollar sixty per pound or wow. something like that in October.
1: Yeah, so yeah,
2: b- yeah, yeah. Tripled, and, and tripled then and price. then you're ripping
0: through your inventory, right? So the guys offshore, you know, they get kind of first. Well, they they've got lots of storage, you know, but they rip through that. And then all of a sudden these plants are down and like, nobody's
2: making it. It's supply and demand. Stuff. Yeah. And you have your, bar- like I said, your variable cost. you have no way to crystal ball what it's going to be. Right? Yeah.
1: Well, that's, yeah. I mean, that's what it hit me when you guys said that is that there's price, uh, fluctuations in the chemicals itself. And right, so, yeah. you know, not only, you know, if you're an engineer at an oil and gas company, you know, you're thinking about the volume of, uh, uh, crude that needs to be treated, on your facility and the fluctuations there. Mm-hmm. Right now, hey,
0: yeah, you get wrong. With it's get fifty wrong. cents per
1: pound mm-hmm. today, but it could be a buck fifty. I know, next I know year. we've had those
0: hard conversations with people that have used triazine. Yeah, and and it's it's like, uh, you know, we need to really plan for, you know, it hurricane season a and, or whatever. Yeah, and it changes. Yeah, yeah. So what I think is just really unique about our product is that. You know, we we are a proprietary product that we make, and it is, even the raw make of it is not even close to the triazine raw make. So, yeah. you know, we're we're in this position where we have this sort of set, you know, dollar per gallon, right? Yeah. We can and
2: hedge for a quarter or two quarters, maybe. Yeah, yeah maybe that's on, what I was going to say. You guys, yeah. yeah,
1: you guys can, you can hedge on, right. on the yeah. back end for probably any and raw materials or anything, but Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but you have a you have a pretty big edge over Trizine um, exactly, yeah. because it's proprietary technology. So, so,
0: so to kind of give you, a, you're talking about the economics. So, just to kind of give a you know kind of a flavor of it, like the more h H2, more H2S you have, or more Captain, obviously, you're going to need more chemical to to flog it, right? Yeah, to treat it. Yeah, um, there there is a bit of a diminishing return on some of that. Like once you get too much, you know, it's not economic. Yeah, but, you know, typically we're we're seeing where you know you can treat in the you know, mere cents or, you know, up to 50 cents or a dollar per barrel. Right. Yeah. And when you compare that to say trucking, a sour barrel to a sour market, sour market compared to like a sweet market, you know, there's a significant deduct, right? I mean, there's already a couple bucks there yeah, or maybe more. Yeah. I'm thinking, you know, call it, you know, a a WTI versus a WTI. Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty
1: easy to pencil out your math there. Right. And then trucking right now, you know, it's
0: crazy. I mean, we, you know, right now, here we are, you know, mid-2022, right? And uh, we're seeing gas prices and diesel prices that, you know, call it getting close to $4 or $5, right, a gallon. You know, so trucking, just to turn the truck on to move that barrel, you know, you're you're spending at least $3, $4, you know, yeah. even to do a short haul. Yeah. Right. Just yeah. to start. So you're already stacking your cards against that yeah. server. So, I mean,
1: between trucking and, I mean, you could be looking at, you know, 5 to $8 right. a barrel. Right. Whereas, yeah. you know, treated Getting for, on
2: pipe at the yeah. least.
1: I mean, is that like yeah. general cost for you guys? Is, I mean, is a dollar a barrel kind of a good? Is, it varies. I don't, I don't, it, it I don't does know how pricing, yeah. yeah. pricing yeah. worries It, it so, varies a
2: lot depending on, on really the age to as level. Yeah. The volume of oil because there's economies yeah. of scale. And yeah, volume, right. which So there, there's variables
1: money. that go into yeah. yeah.
2: yeah
0: but what, what we found be. to be really successful, and I mean it works both for producers and for midstream companies. Um, but you know when you have really good contact and churn and, and rotation and shear and all these all these little you know things that we can do, um, you can you can emulate those at a producer's central tank battery. You know with a recycle pump or things like that. But midstream companies that rip 10,000 barrels an hour uh, you know, you're getting really good contact. Yeah. And and so like, and at that point I actually don't have to use as much chemistry, uh, to treat that barrel. And so it's like, because more efficient. It's more efficient. Exactly. So it's like, okay, well I'm not selling as much chemistry, but, or chemical, but our philosophy is that like, let's have a long term relationship, you know, Mm -hmm. with these companies. So they know that they're having, like they're getting a good value and they're treating that barrel and it's, you know, we're getting that H2S down to zero. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the end goal here.
1: Yeah. So. yeah, man, I've, you know, for someone that's spent a lot of time around H2S, <laughs> I'm still like learning a ton, <laughs> ton about it. I mean, this sure. has been pretty, uh, yeah. opening into, um, the evolution of treating, uh, H2S and then, you know, talking about new technologies like, uh, Q2s where you have proprietary technology that, um, can do this in a different fashion than, than. Trizine can yeah okay i'm a chemical expert now, <laughs> <There you go>. <laughs> <laughs> so i do this podcast so i can get educated on stuff if someone's listening to the show today and they want to check you guys out uh talk uh talk to you about um using you chemicals um for their h2s where can they find y'all what's the website are y'all on linkedin how do they we, get a hold we of are it?
0: so our website is www.q2technologies.com
1: Cool. We'll and leave a link like to Q that it showed up. That says about that. So yeah. is it number two? All yeah, right. So Q, is, number yeah. two technologies. We're uh, on we'll, LinkedIn.
0: Uh, we got cool. a YouTube page where we're putting out little videos and kind you, of explainers. Got, you, got your TikTok. Uh, <laughs> no, TikTok. I don't have TikTok. <laughs> we, I guess we need to do that now that we've been talking about it. We were
1: just it. talking about TikTok before we got on <laughs> we the microphone. And I, I was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If that's what you need to get someone that's uh, under 21 years old yeah, to come That's right. How do you make interesting TikToks on chemicals? There's, uh, you know, the tools, uh, Ryobi, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. dude, I follow their TikTok. I find their content like actually interesting. You should check it out. Like yeah. it's like a good yeah. way, like boring power tools, but their TikTok's interesting. Check yeah, it out. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. But all right, guys, we'll leave a, a link, uh, to, uh, the website and, uh, both of y'all's, uh, Great. LinkedIn's. Uh, so Wait. if you want to reach out to Q2, reach out to them. Um, I, I, you know, the one fascinating thing that I pulled from this, uh, this conversation was how you were a client. Yeah. And then now over here, I mean, that speaks to what you, what, totally. what you believe yeah. about the product. So I, I think that's pretty cool.
0: Well, and, it, and it's just been, it's been really fun to, to work, to see it now, you know, on this side of it too. Cause like, you know, you, you can kind of explain it to your boss and you can kind of see how, how this plays out and, and, uh, but really getting into it, it's been, it's been fun. Hugo's great great with this this product is.
1: yeah well i appreciate you guys taking yeah. the time and uh coming to do this podcast and school thanks for having us
2: really appreciate it yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm waiting for me 40 minutes <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> hey we're, we're patient around here That's we right. got we yeah. got time so Guys, appreciate you tuning into the show. Make sure to check out our previous episodes. Leave us a five-star review on uh, Spotify, Apple. Uh, leave us a uh, thumbs up on YouTube if you're watching us on YouTube. And we will catch you next week. Cut, 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 cut.